0: we're going to touch and i mean touch briefly on the weather off the top of this edition of cardinals underground it does not denote in any way that we don't have anything to talk about in fact it's just the opposite felipe corral jr who is actually on the edge of his seat i like that he's ready to go he's ready to come off the ball darren urban reclined uh, actually more relaxed than you should be with a three-game home losing streak i'll be honest based on your body language i'm a little concerned that you're not taking it seriously enough as christian kirk told us after the game we're going to be harsh on ourselves so maybe a little self-scouting over there darren urban but what you're wearing is where i'm going here on cardinals underground brought to you by pacific office automation because really when there's a 50 degree day in arizona there are two kinds of arizona residents those who have the space heater under their desk and those who do not
1: are you the former or are you the latter felipe I want to say I'm the ladder. Space, you guys have heaters under the desk? No, I don't. I do not. Well, Come on, y'all. Y- y- what you we can't. Doing here? That's
2: why I'm wearing this lovely uh, sweater here.
1: I
0: don't recommend doing this when someone's seated at their desk. But when the desk is not occupied, walk around and take a look under the desk and see if there's a space heater there or not. You'd
1: be surprised how many space heaters. Wait, wait, on what floor? I just want to. Well, it depends
2: on where you are in the floor, too, because on the third floor, there's a couple places where you probably need it and other places you don't. But but really, I mean, we got Lumberjack Felipe over here. I mean, he looks like he's about to go chop down some wood himself. So it's not like it's
1: flannel season. You know, I have to bring out the style. See, I love the winter because then I can get a little bit more fashionable with, with the flannels, with the flannels, with the coats and all that. So, maybe I need a, you know, give you guys a flannel and see if you guys can wear it. Can you, can you really put the words fashionable and flannel in the same sentence? Of course you can. You, you can mean, with
2: somebody Felipe's age. No, no. See know.
1: the age, see, why is fashion always about age though? I can easily. Darren, I can dress you up the way I'm dressed up, and you're gonna look just as fashionable. You're right, me. I would. So I'm, I'm talking. With, I'm
0: talking about the fabric. I'm not talking about the age group or the demo. I'm talking about. I mean, once upon a time, flannel was like anti-fashion. Kurt Cobain, grunge. Once upon a time, that was like counterculture. Do you know, who Kurt, is, uh, kn- know
2: this, who Kurt Cobain is? Please tell me who
0: Kurt Cobain is. See,
1: I started, you know, taking oh, a deep oh, breath because no. I knew this question <laughs> okay. was coming as soon okay. as you guys said that. Omo oh, like, oh, is gonna oh. kill himself oh, okay, now. Okay, Lord, That's, here we uh, go. Good thing we're not
0: on the third floor because I'd fling myself out the open window right now. Let's get all to get all the good news yeah. like DeAndre Hopkins yeah. and COVID. Okay, there you go. Well, you did it, Darren. Okay, here we go. We had a nice little uh, chat going right there, and all of a sudden it got extremely real. What do we know?
2: Well, I mean, we, right before <laughs> we, uh, we decided to record this podcast, DeAndre Hopkins, we find out from Cliff Kingsbury that he's getting a second opinion on his knee, uh, well reportedly his knee cliff kingsbury at this point is calling it a leg uh it's been reported by nfl network it's his knee um i on the sideline at the end of that game cuz i was trying to figure out why he wasn't on that last in that last drive and i kind of got him on the binoculars and i saw him on the sideline trying to work out what looked like his knee so um not not great uh when you start talking about second opinions i mean my my first thought even though cliff kingsbury said it was too early to determine what he was going to do this weekend my first thought isn't is he going to play against the lions i kind of am already pushing that out the window it's mm-hmm. it's how long might he miss
0: i mean second opinion <laughs> Oh, boy, uh, that does give you pause. Does it not? Second opinion usually denotes it's serious enough to solicit a well, second opinion.
2: If you're, if somebody's telling you you're, you're okay, you're just day-to-day, why, why would you get a second opinion? Yeah.
0: I guess the good news would be James Conner is day-to-day because those were the two guys at the end of the game. And then Cliff Kingsbury was asked about Kyler Murray perhaps hobbling at the end of the game, and he said Kyler is good. At least uh, that is the midweek report. So that's what raised my
1: eyebrows, because in the both same... Both of them. Both of who? <laughs> both your eyebrows. Oh, both my eyebrows, yeah. Because in, in his presser, he says, you know, D-Hop is getting a second opinion, and then he follows up by saying James Conner's day-to-day, so that just makes you think, like, whoa... This this is not good news. Why don't you yeah. just disclose, you know, what what the injury is? Uh, I'm not necessarily sure what you're talking about with Hopkins. Yeah, with Kingsbury, I'm not sure like why. And well, he's, he's done waiting that. on a second he, opinion. Yeah, no. I mean he's done that though throughout the season. I mean why don't you just disclose? that Okay, he's dealing with this possible knee injury, and then now instead of that, a lower I, leg. I, I mean know? I
2: think we figured out by now. That's that's just Cliff's mo, and I and I get it. I understand. Um, in fact, somebody made the joke after I tweeted out that James Conner was day-to-day, and then somebody said, well, Kyler Murray was day-to-day for like a month. So,
0: Justin Pugh was day-to-day for a long yeah. time as well. Um, by the way, that, that would be a welcome return, would be your starting left guard, because I'll be honest with you, uh, about halfway through the first half, I was saying to myself, okay, uh, how are the guards in this year's draft? Because that's how good Aaron Donald was. Yeah, how was uh, that position was group good. this year? I,
2: and I get that, but I also feel like Sean Harlow and Max Garcia have been pretty solid most of the time. True. You put them up against the best defensive player in the league, who is playing arguably his best game of the year. I mean, bad things are going to happen yeah. sometimes. I mean, that's just you know. Do I do I see them drafting a guard? Very possibly. Do I do I put everything on the uh, how I evaluate the guard situation and where the Cardinals are in the offensive line based on Aaron Donald, ripping them to shreds, probably not a good idea because you're going to be anybody doing that is going to have to replace their line. Most times
0: 14 quarterback pressures when the Arizona Cardinals as a team had 10, three sacks, three tackles for loss. He was the human wrecking ball, but you know what? He wasn't the only guy who stood out for the Rams. The Cardinals, the Cardinals, are not used to having the inferior o-line when you're done with a game and and look that Rams offensive line was missing its starting center was missing its starting right tackle uh, yet they outplayed the Cardinals offensive line uh, the Cardinals are not used to having the second best receiver group on the field they did on Monday night against the Rams yeah. you know they're not used to having the second best quarterback on the field and they did Matthew Stafford Was dynamic. That was good, Matthew Stafford. In that game. I mean, there are a couple of stats. And it wasn't just Stafford. And I don't say this very often because, quite honestly, you know, who am I? You know, as a former high school standout there, Felipe, you know, who am (laughs) I to dissect and analyze the X's and O's? But when you look at the fact that Cooper Cup, according to the analytics, was in seven different spots. He was wide left. He was wide right. He was slot left. He was slot right. He was in the backfield. He was all over. The way they positioned him and they got him open, you know, The first time around, his first name was Jack, and his last name was Squat. <laughs> well, Sean McVay, as Cliff Kingsbury only half-joked on his TV show going into that game, started drawing up plays the night of that week four loss. And he came out, and he was hellbent. And you saw Matthew Stafford all over the place. Next-gen sats say he was four for four on passes thrown from outside the tackle box. Two touchdown passes came outside the tackle box. He was seven of eight on play-action pass- passes for 129 yards and a touchdown And you saw the arm talent. It it, it was
1: elite, no doubt. But, I mean, if you compare the the performances from both sides of the ball, from week four to, you know, on on Monday Night Football, you kind of start questioning yourself, like, what, what adjustments aren't being made? I mean, you neutralized Aaron Donald in week four, and then it just seemed like all right, coming out the half, this offensive line is going to make some type of adjustment. They're going to put two guys on Aaron Donald. They're going to have James Conner, you know, protecting, you know, Kyler Murray in that instance as well, but it just seemed like time after time, even in the second half. I mean, didn't Aaron Donald start that game with the sack yeah. and yep. he ended the game first with the time sack? First time in 30 years someone has done bookend sacks in the first and last play of a game. So to me that just lets me know Maybe there wasn't necessarily an adjustment being made in the second half. Same thing with Cooper Cup. Did you really expect Cooper Cup not to necessarily perform to his expectation again? You know, after that performance in Week Four, did you really expect Cooper Cup to have that same type of performance? No. There's a couple of plays where, you know, I I saw Jordan Hicks on him at one point, and then in the following play, I saw Isaiah Simmons on him, and then I saw Byron Murphy on him at the same time. Like. Something wasn't being adjusted. Why is Isaiah Simmons on Cooper Cup? I know he covers the slot, but it's Cooper Cup at the end of the day. So, I mean, it's those type of things. You know, the Cardinals typically make good adjustments in the second half, especially defensively, and something just wasn't there. I'd love to know, just watching
0: it, field level, how many miscommunications there were among the defensive backs. It just seemed like there was a lot of chatter during yeah. the game coming off the field, A lot of discussion between the DBs, the defensive assistant coaches. I don't know if they weren't switching and communicating uh, according to the game plan. It just seems like they were befuddled more often than not by a lot of what Sean McVay had dialed up. And Cooper Cup was the epicenter of that.
2: Well, you know, again, if I'm Sean McVay and I'm the Rams, I'm making sure after that first game that my best offensive player is going to be effective. and. They made that happen, I mean, to put them in seven different spots. I mean, some of your defenses, I mean, if you're not going to travel with a guy, I mean, mean, which you're not, this defense is not doing that.
0: Although Byron Murphy, it seemed at the beginning of the game, was, and then they they did make that adjustment because, as Felipe said, you saw Robert Alford against him. You saw Marco Wilson, obviously, against him. But there were times where Cooper Cup would go in motion and, and B. Murph was following him. And you're like, okay, they're in man and B. Murph is traveling, but then other times they changed well, up. Well and
2: and maybe part of that is is maybe they figured out that that was putting them in awkward positions too. I mean uh, though there was one big play and I'm trying to th- I think it was was it Beckham who had the long uh crossing route? I think it was Beckham who had the long crossing route. And then for turned 40 it up yards. the field, yep. Mm-hmm. I mean that was what, Alford, and he just got they they did it it was a great play call. You brought three guys All across the field, so the guy covering Beckham, which was supposed to be Robert Alford, who's going the other way, Mm -hmm. has to maneuver his way through three receivers and three guys playing defense to stay with Beckham. And it just wasn't – I mean, that's hard to do. And he basically got picked. And uh, I don't blame Robert Alford for that. I I know he took some slings and arrows, and I know his pro football focus grade wasn't good. But that's a play right there where it's like, okay, are we really putting that on him? Or or are we just going to say that they – had a really great play dialed up for a man to man defense on that on that particular play. And that's that's the other thing too is I mean, I, I do feel like, you know, could they have done some different things defensively? Sure. I also feel like, like you said, McVeigh was ready for this and he came to play. He came to dial up the right plays. Aaron Donald came with Not only one of his best games of the year, but I just felt like he was not going to be denied. And sometimes that happens with a desperate team.
0: And when you're not getting a pass rush on Matthew Stafford, guess what? Your secondary's got to cover that much longer against Cooper Cup and OBJ, who's looking like he did in 2015, and even Van Jefferson, who's got that speed over the top. You know, that's the difference. Protect that quarterback, get to the opposing quarterback. And the Cardinals failed, for the most part, all night long in that game, despite that. And despite many other stats, you know the big plays you guys mentioned. The Rams had three 40-plus yard plays when the Cardinals' defense had given up three all season. So for all that, for the losing the turnover battle to Love, giving the ball to the Rams twice on failed fourth downs, you still took the game till triple zeros on the clock. Sort of like the Green Bay game, you still took it down to the very end despite not playing your best game. So I don't know if that's a silver lining. I don't know if that's a failure to execute in the clutch, and the bright lights on Monday night or Thursday night football. I don't know exactly how to diagnose that. We won't know, I don't think, until the postseason. You know, maybe Christmas night against the Colts. Maybe because the spotlight will be on the Cardinals at the Cowboys. You'll get a, another indicator of that. You certainly won't get much of an indicator in that regard against the Lions. This, this, but if you want to be encouraged by the way things went at the end, you're like, okay, you know, the Cardinals still have yet to be blown out other than the Carolina game where they didn't show up.
2: It's funny that you talk about the end of the game because – and I know we can always play what ifs, but we're sitting here and and, and – saying some things about the, the the Cardinals defense, and I and I get all that, but I, <laughs> for all the good things the Rams defense did and for as great as Aaron Donald is and was, now he made the play to get that first interception, but what's that game look like if that ball isn't intercepted and they score a touchdown and it's 10-0 Cardinals? I mean, I don't think the Rams defense played overwhelmingly great. Mm-hmm. I thought Kyler's first interception even though he said it was going to be a touchdown if it hadn't been tipped, I wonder about that. And then the second play, Zach Ertz was wide open. If he gets it over Floyd's head, that's a 20-yard gain. And who knows what happens on that drive. And that's would, that stops them from having a short field. I just feel like yeah. – well, the Cardinals
0: punted once, right? Yeah. They, now they had the two picks, but they punted once. The fourth they, down, things hurt. 383 yards been passing. Those all year. Yeah. 440, 447 yards total offense. So.
2: 447, and that includes an 18-yard loss on the final play of the game.
0: Okay. So didn't, it was yeah, even more didn't than Didn't quite that. realize that. You're yeah. right. Yeah, you're right because of the final. You're right, the final uh, sack by Aaron Donald. But when you say that Matthew Stafford was sacked three times, I mean, Wolf and I looked at each other and said, Really? I remember the Chandler Jones where the ball got loose, and man, was the Cardinals' sideline. Those defensive assistants were screaming at the Cardinals players to jump on that ball. Now, Mm -hmm. it might have been overturned because it certainly looked to a lot of people like his arm was coming forward, but that was a huge turning point, and I cannot tell you the frustration level by the Cardinals' defensive assistants screaming at somebody, anybody, Jordan Phillips, jump on that Mm -hmm. football. It's right next to you just in case. Well, Buda, Baker,
1: yeah, he was Buda
2: Baker let Jordan Phillips know, like, right after that play was dead. I mean, mm-hmm. he was all over him on the field, screaming at him.
1: I, I do feel like that defense gave the Cardinals a chance to stay in the game because there were many times that, well, in the last Rams scoring drive, they held him to a field goal, right? Right. That's another opportunity, you know, to do something on offense. So, as much as the You know, 30 points and you talk about uh, possibly those two interceptions and the offense that the Cardinals have, they can score in three minutes if they want to. But at the end of the day, honestly, I just feel like, especially when you get get into the postseason, like your stars have to play like stars. I remember going back to our week four podcast. When we're talking about the keys to the game, you know, traveling the SoFi, playing the Rams, and I just simply said, well, Kyler Murray has to outperform Matthew Stafford. Your stars have to play like stars. And under the bright lights, I just feel like that necessarily wasn't the case on Monday Night, Monday night Football. It wasn't the case on Thursday Night Football. So it's good to get those games out the way so when the, the postseason does come, you're not necessarily dealing with, okay, well, what if on this last play this would have happened? Kyler Murray, he just has to clean up his mistakes. And I feel like he knows that, you know, in his post-game conference, he didn't necessarily look too angry. You know, I think he pulled up to the press conference a little, you know, jittery and whatnot. So I feel like he knows it's self, self-inflicting self wounds. So that's the, the silver lining in my opinion. Well, this might be breaking news. I've never played NFL quarterback. But if I'm under center
0: or I'm in the gun and on the very first snap of the game, the guy you want to neutralize – puts your right guard on skates, literally on skates, and shoves him 8 to 10 yards into the backfield to the point where you get flushed to your left and then tripped and you fall down for a second. Isn't that a little unnerving? Yeah. I mean, you already had half an eye in 99, and now you've got to play another 59 minutes and 45 seconds of a football game wondering, is this guy going to annihilate me on every single play that I snap this ball? And so if there were times where he missed throws, and he definitely missed some throws.
2: Especially that first drive right after
0: <laughs> yes. that play. So I just think there's cause and effect. Yeah. He's human. Did he not say in the press conference when someone asked him about 99 and he sort of had a gallows humor, well, this is what you said. Well, no, I didn't sign up for <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, that
2: was last week. Yeah. Right?
0: But as soon as I ended up in the NFC West, the first thing I thought as a Cardinals first draft pick in that draft was, oh, boy, I've got Aaron Donald in my division. And then on the first play of the game, he makes that sort of impact. You can't tell me that wasn't unnerving. Whereas Matthew Stafford sat in a clean pocket the majority of the game.
2: Yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's any question. Uh, you know, I rarely – quarterbacks sometimes, but I, I rarely see a football game where one guy can have such an impact. And I felt like Aaron Donald did that. Now, again, Matthew Stafford played better than he's probably played in two months. Yep. Uh, Hard to argue that, and so you know sometimes you're going to run into a better, a, a better player that night,
0: and 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 you know what, real quick, Drew Stan said before the game that this could be the emergence of next level Matthew Stafford. Five years he was his team in Detroit, he said Matthew Stafford has never had a legit run game, and with the Rams now deciding to take the direction they took against Jacksonville and a more of a commitment to the run, scheme it up like they did in the Todd Gurley days. Sonny Michel able to break some tackles. Yeah, they were missing Daryl Henderson, but he didn't get a single carry against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sean McVay is going with Sonny Michel, and, and he's more of a, a power back. And so they at least had a, a run game to keep the Cardinals off defense honest. And, and, and you saw Matthew Stafford, who was very effective in that sort of offense. Yeah,
2: I mean, again cooper cup was open all night he was the the some of the receiver situations it felt like 2019 when jared goff had 400 yards passing through two quarters and five minutes or whatever it was where guys were just open all the time and again that goes back to the pressure did you say earlier that they had three sacks Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) cardinals had three sacks in the game
2: so it was zach allen Chandler Jones Chandler got one? Chandler Jones,
0: yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, Chandler Jones got that strip sack. sack. They which gave him a strip I sack.
2: I forgot that that was even a sack because I right. assumed it was an incomplete pass too. Yep. So but I, uh, I, as
0: I confirmed that, I looked down, yeah, there were three of them. So it was uh, Chandler, Zach Allen, and Jordan Phillips. Jordan. Remember the what the should have been oh, a face mask, mask yeah. but was not a face mask. That's a good point. Yep. Which
2: obviously that was a big play too because that held them yep. to the field goal because of the missed penalty. Um but, yeah, you got to make him a little bit more uncomfortable. You know, and obviously Kyler would have been sacked a lot more if he wasn't Kyler Murray. Oh,
0: the one where he outran Leonard Floyd yes. to the Cardinals' sideline, yes. he was coming right at us. And at that moment, it just reinforced the athleticism that is on an NFL field. And the next-gen stat came out and said he achieved 18-plus miles per hour on that very play. That's crazy. And it was the highest miles per hour on a chunk throw completion in in the next-gen stats era, which goes back about six or seven years, and let me tell you, there were guys on that grizzled people on the sideline who looked at each other and said, "Man, that's the NFL." The
2: what I remember about that play isn't the completion or even that Kyler was running that fast. It's it was when uh, Leonard Floyd comes around the corner and he is sprinting as hard as he possibly and can. He is an
1: him. athletic linebacker. And he is
2: athletic, and I thought for a minute he might catch him. And then there's a moment, and if you watch the replay, where you know when you're running so fast that your body kind of like gives up, and you have like this weird stride at the very end.
0: I'll take your word for it.
2: And uh, yeah, I know. And uh, yeah, not. I've never actually done it. And and your your body just kind of conks out. That's what if you watch the replay. That's what happened to Leonard Floyd. He's sprinting. He's so close to Kyler, and then he realizes. He's just not going to get there. And his body kind of takes this weird stride like, I've got to slow down. I can't do this. Just – Watch the replay. Anybody out there? Get your get your NFL Game Pass and watch the replay. I guarantee
0: the next snap. Look at the next snap too. And Leonard Floyd probably just mailed in the next snap. He was so (laughs) winded at that point. He's just like you know. He got
2: got Kyler back. I think was that later when he did the tip pass to himself, which was incredibly athletic.
1: Yes, we're not even talking about the catch though. I mean, I I believe that AJ Green had to stop his route and kind of like jump backwards and then extend. Yeah, I believe everything about that that specific play is a repre- representation of this offense when they're at their peak. I I mean honestly, you take away those two interceptions, this offense is still performed to the level that they performed to this entire season. I believe one of their scoring drives was like 3 minutes and in my head I'm like, "Dang, how does an offense score that fast?" So, you take away those two interceptions and I I do believe we're we're talking about a a completely different game. And so,
0: what'd you get? Coming off Monday Night Football, you got all the I told you so moments. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Jay Williams, we had him on, and I was filling in and had to carry Wolf for four hours, and Jay Williams was one of the guests in the whole national ESPN morning radio show, and Keyshawn Johnson couldn't wait, right? And, and it's Jay Williams who's a big Cardinals backer and is a big believer in the Suns as well, and he pretty much forecasted the Suns are going to be hoisting Le- the Larry O'Brien trophy come June. That's Jay Williams, the former NBA point guard. What did he say guard. about
2: the Lombardi trophy?
0: Uh, and, and he said he's still a believer in, in the Cardinals, but his assessment is in terms – we asked him the national narrative. and Just go ahead and and assess nationally. And he said people are looking for reasons and ways to doubt the Cardinals. Agreed. And that Monday night performance, just like the Thursday night performance, played right into their hands and bolstered their argument.
2: Look, we've said all along, and I agree with that, and that's kind of how this works. I walked into the facility Tuesday morning – uh, picked up my contact tracer and walking past the, the cafeteria and there's two giant TVs there. Uh, one's always on ESPN and one's always on NFL Network. And the ESPN one, I believe Keyshawn was on at the time. One of oh, many. Oh,
0: imagine that.
2: And uh, you know, one of one of the cryons was was basically saying, you know, uh, did the did the Rams expose the Cardinals? And then the other one was are the Cardinals pretenders or something like that. And that's what at the same time that's what these two networks were talking about and that's what's going to happen when you when that get kind of game happens on national television. And and I get that. But I, I I've always felt all along, I mean <laughs> and it's a much different situation because of where they were coming from and it was more understandable, but I mean the Cardinals went into the postseason in 2008 being called the worst playoff team in history, and they didn't get any kind of uh, props until they actually won the NFC Championship. And then it was like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe yeah. they are playing pretty good. <laughs> you,
0: you know what that 2008 team had, though, that the 2021 Arizona Cardinals do not? No COVID? <laughs> uh, <I'm> gonna... <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to throw yeah, you that. Yeah, uh, yeah, Larry Fitzgerald, y- Well, you guys aren't wrong, uh, <laughs> but where I was going with this no, sorry. Oh, was – A proven quarterback. Yeah. And I mean proven. Yeah, 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 yeah. So because the other question that's out there is, you know, are the Cardinals in the same class as the Buccaneers and the Packers? And obviously you go to Super Bowl winning, MVP winning quarterbacks. And so until, to your point, Darren, until the Cardinals prove it, in January, and I'm not talking about a 17-game regular season. I'm talking about the postseason until they prove it. Then, and especially now, until they prove it in prime time under the bright lights with the country watching, uh, you're right. There's the vast majority of people are going to be doubters. There was even the local uh, sports poll when we were doing Arizona sports, and it was rate your level of concern. This is for the Red Sea now. And there were three levels. There was DEFCON 1, 2, and 3. There was high concern, mild concern. Oh, no, very little concern. 95% of the respondents, ostensibly Cardinals fans, said there is some level of concern, moderate
1: or high. Only 5%. Check the lowest level of concern box. What's the concern, though? I mean, they're 10-3. and three. They're still at the top of the division. Well, they the, beat plenty well, of – They only fireball. have a
0: one-game lead in the division. They're number three in the playoff seedings. Yeah, but they already – Where beat, is
1: this going? But you already beat the Rams at SoFi in week four, and it, it's not like they just beat them by a possession or whatnot. I mean, you went into SoFi well, Stadium and you dominated. That's what frustrates okay. me about the national narrative because, I mean, I know the game was on Monday Night Football. Everybody saw it, but that's – you're talking about an interception away from potentially being an overtime compared to that week 4 game where everybody was healthy everybody was on the field they still had Robert Woods they still had Dar- Darrell Henderson they I, I mean these teams are even even and the Cardinals went and dominated on the road i mean why when when you compare both games i don't people necessarily talk about that that's the only thing that frustrates frustrates me when i go on the national televisions and i see these oh are they pretenders and whatnot i mean bro you beat the rams you beat the titans you beat the browns you you beat all these viable rivals that should have them at the top that's why i mean it's just one game i know it's on national television but really where is the concern
0: well, uh, the argument, uh, to go ahead and play, we'll do a dramatic reenactment of, of one of these arguments, okay? <laughs> Role play here, if you will. The Cardinals have lost three of their last six. That's correct. The Cardinals a year ago lost five of their last seven. Yes. So that's where a lot of the – prove it. Let's see it. Let's see a strong finish to the season. Yes, you're 10-3 tied for the best record in the NFL, but are you playing your best football right now? And that is the key. December and January, who's playing the best, i.e., look at last year when once upon a time the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, everybody now, were 7-5. and five.
2: It's uh, I, I, You talk about the national narrative. They're going to have two more significant chances to show the world. I mean, Christmas night, everybody's going to be watching Colts-Cardinals, and the Colts are a solid team, and you're playing at home. And that Cowboys game, and I don't care if it stays as an afternoon Sunday game, it's the Cowboys, so everybody's going to be paying attention to Cardinals-Cowboys. If you perform well in those games, and I'm assuming you beat the Lions this weekend, um, because I guarantee you that concern thing goes up to
0: 100% if they lose the Lions.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: uh, yeah, the website, uh, is the, the traffic just breaks the website. A, yeah. yeah, breaks um, the internet.
2: But those two games are going to go a lot towards what people are saying going into the playoffs is, is how they perform in those two games. So, you know, we'll – Look, we'll we'll see what happens. I've said this before. This doesn't make it an excuse. But if they get in the playoffs, we'll see what happens. No one was thinking the 2008 Cardinals were going to do jack squat in the playoffs the way they ended. You talk about playing your best football. They weren't playing their best football. They didn't start playing their best football until the second half of their first playoff game. <laughs> That's true. They but just, they
0: figured it out in time. Uh, until Darnell Doggett busted through That's the line, right. jumped the count, and yeah. then caused that fumble that was returned by Antrell Roll.
2: Uh was, it was, intro was role? an intro roll. Was it, might, role. it might have been an intro roll? I mean until so role, that yeah.
0: play by Doc, they were not playing good ball. And then no. all of a sudden they got on a roll.
2: And they still needed Kurt Warner to throw a fantastic third and sixteen <laughs> pass to Stephen Spock Steven Spock
1: to lock Spock, it up. that's right. But but when you talk about have they been playing their best football in the last six games, I know you mentioned the three and three record, yeah. but give Darren a
0: lollipop for the Steven
1: Spock, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> but can you really Analyze this team in the past six games, where four of those games were without Kyler Murray. Can you really? Can you really say okay, they haven't been playing their best football the past six games, but you, but four of those six games you weren't necessarily with the best player on your team. So three, that, he missed three games. Three, three games. So I mean, you it, you did win two of those three without Kyler though. So exactly. That, so so my question is, where is the concern? necessarily is it just pr- a prime time concern is it, is it playing against well, the, t- the tough the tougher opponents in the nfc where is it h- yes here's, and here's, yes
2: here's the concern when you start talking about concern it's it's all relative do they have concern like the jets have concern hell no Yeah.
0: but by, by but, the way the biggest no comprendo of the nfl season this is strictly my opinion how have the jets won three games I looked up the other day, and I'm like, the Jets have three wins? When did that happen? I'm sorry, proceed.
2: (laughs) Zach Wilson is having a worse season than Josh Rosen did in his one year with the Cardinals. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Again, the concern is where you are setting the bar. That's where the concern comes in. Are they a better team than they were last year? I think they are, absolutely, and I think they've proven it so far. And and their record's going to show it, because no matter what happens at this point, they're going to have more wins this year than last year. Um, But – the concern now is you've raised the expectation or the bar to the point where you have fans thinking we could possibly win a super bowl and getting and winning a super bowl that's a whole different level of than just playing good football and that's felipe that's where i come in and say that's where you kind of have to look at it it's not necessarily if you're just saying baseline should there be a lot of concern? No. But we're not talking about that anymore. And I do think this, it's, it's really, really difficult to put past the idea that the two main teams that you're battling with right now, the Buccaneers and the Packers, have quarterbacks who not only continue to play at an incredibly high level, and this is the key to all this, is uh, the ages of these guys. If they can hold up physically, which they are, Aaron Rodgers' toe notwithstanding.
0: We don't need to see it again, by the way, Aaron, just in case.
2: But if these guys can hold up physically, you match that with their mental games for having played 15 or 20 years. That's ridiculous, and it's unable to be matched by Kyler Murray. Period. End of story.
0: Did Aaron Rodgers look good on Sunday Night Football? Everyone say yes. Oh yeah. He looks surgical. Did he not? Some of those throws he made. Some of those decisions he made. Kyler Murray in his two primetime appearances this year has zero touchdown passes and four picks. Now, a lot of that was Aaron Donald. You know, did Aaron Rodgers have Aaron Donald breathing down his neck? Fourteen quarterback pressures in that game. No. But again, that's what the national media looks at and and rightfully so until it's proven now do I believe the Cardinals are the same team they were a year ago and they're headed for some pending doom and this miserable finish no as Christian Kirk said on the postgame radio interview afterwards look we're going to be harsh on ourselves was his quote and I didn't see that level of accountability or circumspection, if you will, uh, last year in that locker room. As D.J. Humphreys said in the off-season. yeah, guys are kind of smelling themselves when we got to 6-3, and three, and you know we had arrived when they hadn't. That's not the case with this team this year, with this leadership group. So you know, now we'll see how much of a difference it makes down the stretch, but the Cardinals have yet to lose two in a row, and, and I think that is a byproduct of that leadership in the locker uh, room. I, I would agree with that.
2: It's funny. I'm going to do the thing that I can't stand. If the playoffs started today, you know who the Cardinals would play in the
0: first. I time? do not. I know they'd be the, the number Niners. three seed. They'd play the Niners. Niners. The Niners. By the way, all my buddies, you know, okay, these Silicon Valley guys, these these charlatans out there Aren't in Santa Clara. are you one Clara. of those guys? I used to be, used to be. I'm recovered, and, and 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 they they still hit me up on my phone. Just like my uncle hit me up on my my L.A. uncle hit me up about two minutes after the game went to zeros and was doing some serious trash talking. Although I had it coming because. I might have talked an inordinate amount of trash after the Cardinals beat down the Rams in week four, and uh, and I figured, you know, I had the right to get my money's worth since I bought my uncle tickets in L.A. to go to the game in SoFi. But anyway, these Niners fans are saying the only teams we fear right now in the NFC would be the Packers and the Buccaneers. Hello, what about the team that swept you this year and made you look bad even with a backup quarterback? Are you serious? Yeah. So that's some unfounded confidence there by the 49ers, if you ask me.
2: Well, I mean, they are playing better football. I will give them that. But, I mean, I feel like the Cardinals match up pretty well against them at this point. Um, and, again, you don't want to get ahead of yourselves. And also, it, you know, we talk about the bar being set. We're certainly no one's setting the bar at winning one playoff game at this point with the kind of season you've had. That would be a disappointment if you win that first one and then go lose in the second round.
1: Have you guys seen the Bucks and the Packers schedule for the, the rest of the season? I have. It, it gives me – I'm just forecasting that we will get – I believe we'll, we'll get a Cardinals-Niners game at home or a Cardinals-Rams game at home because they have two of the easiest schedules left in in the last five, four, four games of the season. Four games. Four yeah. games of the season. And so now going to your point about the, the Niners – see, that's where the concern will come in with me. If you finish the season and you're struggling and then you face a Niners team that's been balling out the f- past – Two weeks and you you find an offense that has has found a rhythm with Jimmy G and George Kittle once again. That's where the level of concern would be for me. But right now I'm not necessarily concerned. I mean you still you still I know they're third in the NFL in record, but. At the end of the day, you still are one of three teams with with ten wins. All right, Felipe, if you want something to be concerned about, okay, I've got you. Tell
0: me. Here we we go. Okay, this is the great segue right now here on Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation. And I quote Corey Peters, it's really baffling. That was his three-word quote after the game when I asked him about the home versus the road. And if you want to do a deep dive, I saw this. It was NFL Network. The Cardinals' turnover margin on the road is plus 17, the turnover ratio. Plus 17 at home, it's minus 7. The point differential on the road, the Cardinals 7-0, and 0, as we know, plus 112. Okay, so if Kyle Odegaard is listening, there's your stinking point <laughs> differential, Kyle. At home, it's zero. I mean, yeah. that is stark. Well, is that a concern to the point where you don't even want a home playoff game? It's
2: not only... They're not only three and three, but it's the last three, right?
0: Three game home losing
1: streak.
2: That's that's tough to kind of That's real.
1: At this point. That's real. That's 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 not a fluke. But okay. let me ask I mean, you guys uh have covered the team for you know longer years, than you've been alive? Years and years. Okay, maybe. Do you guys have a concern with the Cardinals at home in the postseason? How many times did Larry Fitzgerald make the playoffs in his career with the Cardinals? Oh, five point. I believe it's five or six but how many of those time, how, can you guys remember off the top of the head the last time that the Cardinals lost a home playoff game
2: they well I don't think they have
1: actually. no they have not actually but so, not in that stadium but
0: I can also well, tell not in you, Arizona right well yeah I mean, not I mean, in Arizona in obviously Arizona,
2: but but I, I would say this Felipe none of those teams had a better road record than a home record and this team does and this team will I mean, it, as we stand right now, the Cardinals cannot lose three road games this year. So they will, no matter what, after this last game, True. have a better road record than home record. Even though they have one extra road game,
1: yeah, no, but no it, cap. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, but it's the playoffs. Well, why is everybody laughing? Well,
2: well, I don't understand why that would make a difference
1: to you. It's a, it's a different type of energy when you get to the postseason. You're at home. You're in like your back's against the wall. If you lose, you go home. When you're playing on Thursday night football, if you lose a home game, I mean, what, I mean, what's the worst that's gonna happen? You win a couple more games a week three weeks after that Thursday night football game. I mean, I, I just feel like the postseason is a different type of energy. Guys are more focused. There's not a game the week after on a short week that you have to necessarily focus on. I I mean, I just feel these players, well, they, again, they love the clout. They love preparing for these moments. A lot of these players have been in these positions. You talk about the James Conner, AJ Green, JJ Watt. If he comes back, he's been in those positions before where they, his teams host a home playoff game. A lot of these I feel a lot of these veterans that they brought to the team this this uh past off season have been in these situations where it's the playoffs, you're hosting a home game in the postseason, these opportunities don't necessarily come around often, especially for the Arizona Cardinals. You think you don't have confidence that they'll find the formula to turn it around at home in the postseason where they've had success in the past you know, well, since they- well,
2: but- I, I, I don't mean to cut you off, Paul. I guess. No, my, please, please do. The, here, here's the thing. For I'm me. still
0: offended. You guys were laughing when I threw out no cap. <laughs> Why I can't get it? I away was with laughing. That. I enjoyed. You it. You were laughing actually. at me, uh, um, not with me. No, at I was me. with you.
2: Um, I, I don't, I don't understand what being all that, how that changes a bad interception from Kyler Murray. I mean, again, they're losing these games not because they don't want to win. They're losing these games at this point because they're turning the ball over. I mean, basically, it it just got very basic. They're turning the ball over at home more than they get turnovers, and that's not what they're doing on the road. I I think it literally comes down to that. And I don't think that has anything to do with – I I don't – personally, I don't think being focused and knowing that there's a different vibe at home, I don't think that changes that. I think execution changes that, and I don't I just I'm not a believer in that being a mental state. That's me.
0: Look, if this team loves a challenge and, and that's you know, I've been all over that all year. You know, they love a challenge. Well, now the challenge most definitely is can you win at home? that That is a challenge. But that was a challenge going into this game on Monday night. They, they were sick and tired of that question going into the Monday night game, and they still didn't play anywhere near their best ball. And guess what? Because it can always get worse, it will on Christmas night. If you want distractions related to being at home, how about Christmas morning? How about players coming off Christmas Eve? Yep. A lot of dads with young kids. A great moment for any family. Christmas Eve, Christmas morning. Now you got to get yourself ready to go to the stadium and play a very physical game against Jonathan Taylor and that Colts O-line. Hello. Hey. Honestly, if they're not equipped to do something about this home losing skid, the Colts are the wrong team to play on the wrong day of the year because you can go in fully distracted and unfocused on Christmas night. Think of the potential there to flop on your face at home. Or am I just going way overboard? No, I mean – Is that some sort
2: of – I don't think they're going to flop on their face, but I do agree that that, if you talk about distractions – Uh, you know, certainly none of us would ever want to be on the road for a Christmas game. I feel bad for the Colts a little bit. Sure. But uh, I do think there's something to that, absolutely. And it's going to be, again, interesting. They'll be coming off the Lions game. Again, we're assuming that's going to be a win. Hopefully that's not a mistake. And um, the, the, the eyes of the nation are going to be on them. Is that the only Christmas game? Is there one in the afternoon?
0: No, there are there are there. That's that's the
1: third of oh, three games. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's so the they're going
2: head to head with the NBA then. Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah I uh, believe the Suns play that same day too. They do. They yeah. definitely
0: do.
2: Because yeah. I remember being kind of bummed I'm going to miss watching the game because that's going to be Warriors. Are you sure you're working
0: Christmas night? Are you working the game there? <laughs> or did you take it off to watch NBA? Did you get your NBA feedback on a Christmas day? Look, you sure?
2: I, I got I'm, – I'm all filled up with my basketball. My, my sons are coaching, and I got to watch my son be a head coach for a game. How'd so. that
0: go, by the way? Uh, they did
2: not win the game. Okay. And he was a little upset
0: about that. Mm, okay. There wasn't any clock mismanagement or
1: anything?
2: No. Unfortunately, uh, his team was struggling on the offensive end. They had trouble actually not turning the ball over.
1: Okay. So they struggled –
2: I think they had like twelve points in the second half, and that was they, they struggled they would turning run the, the offense, ball and then they yeah, and they they would just they, they were barely getting.
1: Was it on their primetime?
2: What's that? Was
1: it a no. prime time game or all?
2: all freshman game or a four o'clock Felipe? You should know uh, that as a as a former star of,
1: of. I never played freshman basketball. Oh, I'm something. sorry, my bad. I played varsity all four years. Whoa, there. whoa, okay. State champ, right. you know, five
0: wow. A. Wow, okay, there was a flex. Uh Interesting. All right. So, uh, you know, pick it up there where you left off, Felipe, eh? on the Lions. You know, I mean, what what do we need to know about the Lions other than the fact they're coming Shoot. off a 38 10 lackluster loss to the Broncos? And the Broncos ran all over them, I'm seeing here. 39 carries for a buck 84 on the ground, three touchdowns. The 1 11 1 Lions, who are missing
1: 22 players against Denver in their last game between injuries and illness. Well, the only potential concern I had going into that game was. The run, the run defense, but there's gonna, DeAndre Swift isn't going to be playing. Uh, that's my assumption. He's been dealing with a, a shoulder injury, and last I heard he was a candidate to go on the IR. So that, I mean, that's out the window. Uh, and I believe I heard Kingsbury say that he hasn't necessarily beat Jared Goff. Well, since yeah, but
2: we're only talking about two games at this point because yeah. it's – or no, four games, four games.
0: So like the last –
1: He's 0-4 against Jared Goff. I'm, I'm just trying to find something to motivate this, because oh, I know the Cardinals. Minute. He
0: was 0-8 against Sean McVay, and this is the first year with Matthew Stafford. Wait, he was 0-8, so right? Yeah. I mean, the Cardinals. No, the oh, Cardinals. You're talking lost about eight. Kingsbury. Oh, Kingsbury. Kingsbury. You're right. Yeah, the Cardinals Kingsbury. were 0-8. Okay. You know what? Edit that out. I'm sorry. We
1: don't want to edit
2: we are here, we're all about transparency, Paul. We don't edit stuff
1: out, right. I just want the players to listen to this podcast that we know they'd love to listen to uh <laughs> yeah. every week and hear that their coach, their beloved player's coach, hasn't beaten Jared Goff for in four opportunities, so maybe that's the only type of concern i mean out of all, out of all the potential trap games that we've heard this entire season, I feel like this is literally. A trap game for theirs, and the Arizona Cardinals are coming off a very drastic loss on Monday Night Football. Uh, you know the entire fan base was deflated after that game, so it's how you you know how you recover on a short week. Then you have to travel on a Friday, something that you're not necessar- necessarily used to all season. Because typically, I'm assuming what you travel on on Saturdays and whatnot. So. I feel like this this could turn into a, a trap game for the Cardinals if they don't recover mentally.
2: I say I, I personally think it's not a trap game, but that's because of the result Monday. Had they beaten the Rams, okay, maybe you think about it a little bit. I don't I don't I'm not worried about a trap game anymore uh, because uh, there's enough people in that locker room uh, whether they're getting it secondhand information or paying attention themselves. Never ever believe. The, all the people that say why well, we don't pay attention to what's being said about us that's untrue
0: well to your point where they exist there's huge big screen tvs <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah i just got through talking about the right. two tvs in the cafeteria
0: y- you were in the players area for all of 17 seconds as you walk through yeah. they exist 10 12 hours a day in there yeah. so how can they not see it
2: <laughs> that's that's always been kind of my uh you know you can say that it doesn't bother you which again we can also have an argument about but you know what's being said. I, I just don't I I just don't think they want to go down that road. And and now they they've been slapped in the face of the reality, which they already kind of knew. Which was you know the the margin for areas error is, error is very thin. I mean we're now to the point where they're only a game ahead of the Cowboys now, mm-hmm. and the Cowboys have a chance to beat them head to head. And to you wouldn't want by getting to week eighteen and all of a sudden you're the fourth seed in the NFC.
0: Yeah, true or false? The Cardinals are still in good shape to win the division title. Very true. True. Very true. Very true. Based on, go ahead, break that down. Well, because you only have a one-game lead against the Rams.
2: You're right, but but the Rams have to get two games on you in four weeks because you are going to hold the your. It's very. You are going to hold the tiebreaker over them. Probably
0: because you go to the second tiebreaker, you split the season series, the head head, so you're going to division record.
2: Uh, yes.
1: Okay, and with the Cardinals being four and are, one right now in the division, and
2: the Rams are two and
1: two, and the Rams play the Seahawks and 49ers well, in the last four. Yeah,
2: weeks. I'll, at this point, you definitely lock it up if you beat the Seahawks in yeah. your last game. If you're the Cardinals,
1: and the Niners own Sean
0: McVay, they've won five in a row against the Rams. So, by the way,
2: I mean I'm not kay. saying it's a lock. Right. But I'm saying they still have a very good chance to win the division.
0: You know, look, if you would have won on Monday night, you would have had had a one-game lead on the entire league, on the entire conference. Now you have a one-game lead in your division. And like you said, you know – we asked Dave Pash, has he done any horse racing in the past? Because you know he does every sport, including the outdoor games and like dog jumping back in the day on X Games and all this kind of stuff. But has Max he ever throwing? done? As he, I think he's done that as well. Oh my god! Has he ever been the guy who yells and down the stretch they come? Right, five horse race, boom, they're at the quarter pole, and here they come to the to the tape, and because uh, that's what it's going to be between the Cardinals, the Packers, the Bucks, the Cowboys, and the Rams, and only a game separating well, all five of those teams. And
2: what we haven't talked about. But I have a bad feeling we're going to at some point. Oh, boy. Where does COVID play into all this? Mm. All it's going to take – we're talking about all these games and all these tiebreakers. All it takes is one of these quarterbacks having to miss a game, whether it's Kyler or Tom Brady or probably not Aaron Rodgers because he already had it, but we'll see. You don't know what could happen there. Or Dak Prescott. I mean, we just don't know how these teams are going to be affected. I know the Rams just had a bunch of things happen to them and they still were able to beat the Cardinals, but – it doesn't take much
1: can i convince you to knock on wood just just this one time so that doesn't felipe come please on just this one time you, i mean you uh, know just, i don't
2: believe in that crap
1: just pretend like you believe it just nope, knock on the not
2: gonna do it uh, this we don't even have wood this is whatever this, this is, is like,
1: wood just knock knock under the table and you'll feel the wood. Fine, whatever we're in exactly. the middle we're in the middle of a two-day stretch when it comes to COVID.
0: Where more players and coaches have come down and tested positive than 70. any than any two day stretch in 2020. I saw
2: a tweet yesterday. Okay, this was before today. The last two Monday, Tuesday, 75 players had gone on the COVID list from s- the first week of September to the week of Thanksgiving. 110 total had gone on the list.
0: Wow. And and, and once again, compared to 2020. This has actually been worse. It's been yes. more prolific mm-hmm. yes. than it was we're at any point in. If 2020. we don't go back to
2: daily testing, I will be stunned.
0: Okay, now that's well, that's it. That's I mean, uh, or know, intensive I, I, protocols. I, too? I, I can't I mean, have well, that. Well, they won't shot. do
2: intensive protocols necessarily right off if you don't have a problem. But I think we're going to go back to daily testing, which Paul loves because he lives so close to the yeah, facility. That's great. That's <laughs> great.
0: Can I borrow the team helicopter? Is that uh, is that possible at all? It's uh, okay. All right. Well, there you go. I mean, you know that and. That and watching Rasul Douglas ball out for the Green Bay Packers. You know, that's uh, uh, anybody else. I started the game on Monday night wondering, wow, what guards are available in the draft? And then by the end of the game, watching the Cardinals secondary against Cooper Cup and OBJ and Van Jefferson on the 52-yarder and all that and Matthew Stafford. I ended by saying, maybe just maybe they should have created a roster spot for Rasul Douglas. That was a tough one too. Antonio Hamilton
2: beat him out. They, Antonio Hamilton was ahead of them the whole time and he's not playing right now so obviously I don't feel like they need another guy and I, I honestly would we all be talking how great Rasul Douglas is is if AJ green doesn't turn around I mean he's made a couple other plays but
0: yes he he's had a couple other he's had a couple of pick sixes he, he would have been
2: boxed out by AJ green <laughs> and beaten for the game winning right. touchdown so okay. maybe not so great okay all right. There you go.
0: I mean, uh, anything else you guys want to laugh at when it comes to, you know, Paulie Pencilneck no, over here? No, I think,
2: I think we're, uh, we are we got to get out of the studio anyways. There's yeah. people ready.
0: There's a very large man uh, staring us down right now by the name of Rolando Cantu. And so uh, you guys go through that door first, okay? And uh, I'll be in
2: Rolando like this.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll use you guys as, uh, as cover. You can be my lead back, and I'll try and go off your block.
1: I mean, depending what black. Who am I? Am I uh, Rodney Hudson or you're, am no, I one you're, of the
0: guards? No, not even. You're just You're the broad man
2: with the uh-huh. flannel.
0: You're the wedge buster, okay, since, uh, you know, you're the Ron Wolfley. Just go in there, try and blow him up, and then I'll, I'll get a few extra yards. Okay? There we go. <laughs> On this edition of Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation.